0: Hello friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Hey, would you turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6, verse 16? And I want to begin a series, it's going to be three weeks, on boldness. And uh, we're talking about how to be bold like a lion. And of course, we're going to be covering a very familiar story this morning, Daniel in the lion's den. But I want to take it from a different approach because many of you have the Sunday school approach, which is great, maybe growing up as a kid, you heard about, all about how uh, Darius the king had thrown Daniel into the lion's den, and uh, the whole story was about how, how Daniel survived the lion's den. But this morning, I want to kind of teach a little bit deeper. I don't think the lion's den was really the point. I don't think the lion's den was actually the point at all. And, and, and if you want to debate me with that, well, you can wait until I'm done preaching, and then we'll go out to eat, and you can pay for the meal. But my job is to give you a little bit extra, you know, give you a little bit different view on what you see in Scripture, and I hope that you'll get that today, because God gives boldness for you to be a witness to people who don't know about Jesus Christ. And so what happens is, you begin to have a prayer life, and that's what we're going to focus on especially this morning, you begin to have a prayer life that no longer is about praying you out of trouble, but the kind of prayer life that now prays you into trouble that's what happened with Daniel it was his prayer life it was his prayer life that got him into the lion's den but how many of you know God used it all so that the people around Daniel could know about the one true God that was the greater purpose the greater purpose wasn't just to show lions that there's no way those lions are gonna have a Dan sandwich that wasn't the big deal the big deal is to show all of the people around Daniel who the great and mighty true God is. Come on. That's the point. So let me just give you a phrase here, and then we'll kind of get into the Word a little bit and and pray. But let me just give you a phrase here, okay? It's not about you. It's not about what you're going through. But it's about who you're supposed to reach, and about where you're going and they're going to. Every situation that's going on in your life, watch this, no matter if it's at work, your neighborhood, your marriage, your health, in the hospital, out of the hospital, in church, out of the church, at a restaurant, somebody in, an, in a car accident, it's not about you. It's not about what you're going through. It's about Who you're supposed to reach and where you're going to take them with you to. Can you say amen? Come on. That's what it's about. You have to have a macro perspective on why things happen because they never take God by surprise. How many of you know the Bible says that He's seated on the throne, not pacing, not wringing His hands? So there's a macro perspective that you must have. This is going to reach somebody, this is going to bring glory to God. This is going to be a part of building my character for heaven, and it's going to be a part of me taking them with me. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's take a look at the first verse. We'll pray, and then we'll talk a little bit here, okay? Daniel 6.16. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. Then the king said to Daniel, by the way, Daniel's name means God is my judge. God is my j- Who is your judge? Who is your judge? People, man, colleagues, people you work with, God is your judge. Now, that ought to, give you, that ought to set you free and also give you a little, bit, a little bit of reverence for the Lord. Because He's watching everything you do. And He's orchestrating circumstances to bring about His will, not yours. His will is not to make you happy, it's to make you holy. Amen. Right? How about the real gospel, not the blue light special? How about the truth? Because that's the way Jesus lived. Jesus lived in such a manner as everything he's seen the Father did, he did. It wasn't about making Jesus happy. It was about walking in holiness so that the world could know the truth. So he said this. Here's the king. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually... I want you to stop right at that word there. What's the word? Continually. Here Here is the essence of... Powerful miracles that bring a witness that saves souls. Yes. Miracles happen so that souls can be saved. Amen. Miracles are the tip of the sword. Miracles are at the tip of the sword so that souls can be saved. Not so the church can have something to watch every week. Amen. He says, you know what? If your God's really God, may, he, may the God you serve continually save you, rescue you. So we'll see if He's God. We know you serve Him continually. This is what the whole world says. We know you serve Him continually. Well, let's just see. Let's just see. <laughs> God going to show up. He's going to show up big. Not small. Size 50 jeans. Big. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, Help us to understand a macro view of what we're going through. It's not about, it's not about me. It's not about you. God, it's not about, it's not about what I'm going through. God, it's for the people. It's the who and the to. Father, help me to pray in such a way that I'm not praying myself out of tragedies and emergencies, but I'm praying myself into, God, situations that reveal your glory to save souls. Yeah. I'm no longer on the run. But I'm a lion-hearted believer, and I run to the roar. God, I place my life in such a way that God I go to where the enemy is and I defeat him in the name of Jesus, is what you called me to do. And God, I want to do it for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think everybody, everybody, wants, a, everybody wants a lion den miracle, but not everybody wants to live their lives in such a way that prepares them from it or for it. Let let me just say this, okay? There's not one verse of Scripture, not one verse of Scripture that says that Daniel, when he's put into the lion's den, goes, oh no, oh no, Mr. Bill. Remember Mr. Bill? (laughs) Get saved. Get saved. We don't hear him screaming as he's put in the hole. We don't don't see him in there complaining. Oh God, what are you going to do now? We don't hear him him confessing how ferocious the lions are. In fact, we don't have a verse of Scripture at all, other than the fact that the lion's mouths were closed. Can I tell you this? There are 153 verses on Daniel's life before the lion's den. And there's zero verses on his life while he's in it. Because the point in the lion's den isn't Daniel. The point in the lion's den is the greatness of his God. But somebody had a lion heart. And let me tell you this morning. When you got a lion heart, lions don't eat lions. Somebody lived in such a way continually that it brought him to a place that he was now prepared boldly to be the man of God he was supposed to be so that he was fearless. Now, I love going to zoos, but you've never seen a zoo in your life. If you go to a zoo in Japan, it will change your life. Because it kind of looks like in Japan what's what's for dinner is you. I'm not kidding you. They don't, they, don't, they don't put their animals in like we put them in over here. I mean you just kinda of walk in and it's like this safari and they're everywhere. Except for the lions. They put the monkeys out. You can get real close, they, you, they can touch your hand and they're strong enough, they probably throw you around like a rag doll. But they don't. The monkeys, you know what, they're real manipulative. They're, they do this, they say come here. You know, they come here. And when you get close enough, you put something in there, you're not supposed to feed them, but you put something in, your, in their hands and they're just like, and they do this, you know, just like humans. Come here, I want relationship with you so I can get what I want. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye> bye now. <laughs> just like humans. Not the lions. Japanese put the lions off. They know. Because a lion, if, if a lion smells anything on you, blood, anything else on you, you're what's for dinner. It ain't chicken, it's you. And, he, and, and here's the bottom line. We look at the scriptures in such a way, we've got what I would call a, I would I would call spoiler syndrome. You said that with me? Spoiler syndrome. See, here's the thing. You know how the story ends. You read it in reverse. Because you look at it and you go, yeah, big deal. I know that Daniel doesn't get eaten, so I'm cool with the story. Daniel didn't know that. He didn't have a spoiler on the movie. Now, I don't know about you, but I like looking up the spoilers, you know? I look them up on YouTube and I figure out how the movie's going to end before the movie actually is saw, seen by my wife and I, and here's the deal, they're almost always wrong. <laughs> but I look them up anyways, because I just got to know, you know? Well, sometimes we read our Bibles in such a way, we say, well, I know how the story ends, it's not a big deal. And then we begin to think, well, then God does big miraculous things for people like Daniel, because he's someone special. But he doesn't do those kind of things for me. Well, you don't have the spoiler alert on your life. You don't know the end of the story yet. And the end of the story is glory. And it's great. But if you're in the middle of it, you don't know. Daniel didn't know. All we know about Daniel is, is that there's 153 verses about his life and about him praying and about him doing what he's supposed to be doing while he is a captive In a land, now the Middle Persians are in charge, but before that it was the Babylonians. He is a slave there. And all we know is he kept serving his God regardless of what culture around him told him to do. And his prayer life actually got him into trouble, not out of it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Let me tell you about a lion's den experience for me. I was a uh, a corrections officer at a level 3 institution in Indiana. Actually it, was, uh, actually, it was an insane asylum that they turned into a prison. And they had, it had tunnels under it and everything else. And any, anyway, I worked there for almost about four years uh, while I did youth ministry. I was a part-time youth pastor, and then I was uh, a really a full-time corrections officer. And at this particular facility, I don't know which direction the levels go in Ohio, but in Indiana, where I'm from, uh, the, uh, level three was just under murderers. So we had violent offenders. We had plenty of them, okay? And one particular night, I worked the night shift. So I worked from 12 to 8. And often I would get froze, so I'd have to do a double shift. How many of you know that's another, that's 16 hours, you know, right? And you don't sleep at prison, come on. Some of these officers did. I'm like, you're crazy. You're a real, I look up crazy in the, in the, in the dictionary, it got your face, you know. You don't sleep in prison. The particular, you know, you see these movies about prison. You think everybody's behind these bars and stuff, that's just the murderers. Most prison, they're open dorms. And I was a charge officer of P-Paul P P-1 1, 1 and 2. So I had two officers upstairs, two officers downstairs, and me. 150 offenders up, 150 offenders down. 300 offenders on the loose all the time. The only thing between them, what, what, I got a gun, Nope, I got a radio, I got handcuffs, come on. I got a little mag flashlight, and I got a key, that's it. And I got brains. I better have brains, you understand? Oh, I forget too, and I got a pen. And that was mightier than a sword. But anyway, what, what we did was, is we had to think on our feet. And one particular night, I'm coming in for my shift. I'm talking about lion's den here. This is the kind of st- scary stuff that happens that if you don't know your God the way you should before it happens, you're in trouble. But if you're right with God when it happens, let me put it to you this way. In Proverbs 28:1 it says, The wicked, watch this, the wicked, they will run, they will flee. Though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold like lions. You see, you've got to have a lion heart for a lion moment. If your heart ain't right before you go into the moment, listen, your heart will condemn you. That's where the plane's going to land here in a little bit. It's not external, it's internal. You've got to get this straight. You and God have to get straight in here. But anyway, I'm walking in. Truth be told, a lightning bolt comes down, it's a big storm that night, a lightning bolt comes down, hits the, the top tower, we have a power station there, we have our own power, we don't trust the city or anybody else, we got our own power station, zaps the power station, I watch all the lights go out, all the searchlights go out, everything goes out, and I'm walking in, and something said, $12 ain't worth it, <laughs> I'm going back to my car, but then I turn, something in me, I just turn around, you got a duty because those officers that are in there, they're all trapped now. I don't know if you know what a port is, but sally ports are, are mechanical uh, doors. They're big, 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 big heavy doors. They turn on gears and they, they're hydraulically, hydraulically ran, ran. But you, can't, uh, you can run them if you crank them. So all we got is keys now and, and that's it. We got to crank the doors. And as soon as the power went out and the lights went off, I heard a roar of inmates. Now this prison had been taken over two times before. I'm making a solid $12 an hour, and it's really hard to take the next step. Come on, I'm just, I could run. I, I could run. So I get up to a solid port, they crank it open, they're like, thank God you're here. I'm watching my colleagues and stuff, they're all going home. They got the blue flu. You don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's when you, you don't show up to work because you know you, it's crazy to. Okay? So I come in. I go to relieve the officer that's there. He says, you're not going to relieve me. We all got to stay because half of, my, half of my shift don't show up. I go on to my dorm. They've taken this dorm over twice in the last couple of years. I go on to my dorm and it's the first thing I hear. Everybody's yelling, screaming. And I'm like, get to bed. Like, that's going to work, you know. It's like the mom in the mall that says, I'm going to count to three one more time. <laughs> Shut up. It's like, that's going to work. And a Big old uh, bad Leroy Brown from the back (laughs) says, hey Hammonds, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night for you. Because I did my job. There were certain things you didn't do on my shift. I'm not going to go into that right now. It's church. Okay, but you didn't do it. They They had a calendar inside their lockers with my initials on it. Because they knew my days off. Because those were party days. And they knew the days that I would work. And the days that I would work were non-party days. And the days that I were off were party days. And so they said, Hammonds, we're going to take care of you tonight. And I said, no, no, you're not. And one of them walked up and said, who do you think you are? And I mean, he's big cut. I mean, he could eat me. He could put me inside two pieces of bread, eat me up, spit me out. Because they're working out all day long, man. And I was chubby. A couple of them a couple of them call me Porky Pig all the time. I let them get away with that. But anyway, they said, we're going to get you tonight. We're going to get you. I said, no, you're not. He said, what makes you think so? What makes you think so? And I said, I'm going to tell you why. Because I have a calling on my life, and I haven't fulfilled everything that my God has told me I'm going to do yet. Amen. That guy looked at me and goes, I guess that's an answer. <laughs> Pitch dark. No lights. I start to pray. Now, I don't pray, God, get me out of this. I pray, God, there's a reason. Get me through this. There's a reason. Get me through this. I'm in the lion's den. Well, sooner or later, some of the dorms begin to calm down. About five, six hours later, the power is restored. But before that happens, it's pitch dark, and I'm on rounds. You know, I'm not going to sit there. You're not going to come to me. You know, if I'm going down, I want to be standing up. Right? Yeah. So, so, so I'm doing rounds and everything else all of a sudden, all the offenders, while I'm praying, all the offenders that I'm supervising are in their cots, they're getting ready for bed, and they're going to sleep. You know, and I'm calling some of my buddies and stuff, and I'm like, hey, this unit. And they're like, yeah, we still got problems in our dorm. I said, not in mine. I was the only dorm that night, it wasn't me, listen, I was the only dorm that night that actually got control of the unit. And I asked one of the offenders the next morning, I said, hey man, what happened last night? He goes, I don't know, but all I know is is you walking through here talking in some other language. And then my bunkie told me this. There was a glow around you. I said, a glow? I said, where was this coming from? Well, I found out later. It wasn't God. Now, I know some of you want to hear that kind of stuff. I had two mag lights, and I didn't shut them off. So I had my coat around like this. And it had this glow. I couldn't see it. So I'm walking around like this, praying in tongues, and them guys are going, get to sleep, get to sleep, get to sleep. <laughs> hey, God used it, still a miracle. You, Hey, you'll do dumb stuff, and God will use it. You know, because later on, I was like, what was going on? I looked down and both of them are real dim now. And I'm like, oh, I left those on all night. Sticking out of my utility belt. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. We serve a very, very bold God. But he responds to boldness. The Bible says even in Hebrews that we're supposed to approach him. We're supposed to approach the throne of God with boldness. In other words, a prerequisite for reception of God's blessing is boldness. And we pray these prayers like, you know, God, if you just do this tiny little thing, that's all I really need. You, You serve a God that wants to do more than that. Can I tell you this? The size of your dilemma is proof, proof positive of the size of the demon you're up against. But I want to tell you this, the size of your dream is proof positive of your faith and belief in your God. You need to get bigger, man. You need to believe God for more and you need to believe it for you and not just for you and not for what you're going through. But listen, folks, I want to tell you, you need to believe it for the people around you, the who and where you're going to. There's only one thing better than going to heaven. That's taking somebody with you they outlawed prayer they said this is the way we can get Daniel because you know all the all the princes and the magistrates and they were they were real political they said we can't find anything on this guy you know he's got a he's got a righteous spirit in him that's why he was bold as a lion so we can't pin anything on him so we're gonna get the king to outlaw prayer it's coming it's coming And I'm not trying to to be an alarmist, but everywhere in church history where true revivals broke out, there was extreme persecution. You You can't look at a lion's den and say, well, that's the end of us. You've got to look at a lion's den experience, even in your nation, and say, that's only because God's going to flip this pancake and save people by this moment. You can't see the big revelation of god's power if you don't see some persecution it was the persecution in the jerusalem church that spread the gospel around the world you know what happened jesus said go into all the world and you know what they did they went into all themselves and then persecution came and it spread are you hearing me i know it's not very popular but if you talk to a guy like paul youngy cho who pastors the largest church in the world he'll say before persecution 50 people after persecution 50,000 which is where my daughter's at right now in in, uh, South Korea. Pray for her. Yeah, in South Korea. So this is what happens. They said, we're going to outlaw prayer, and they do. And you know what the Bible says? Daniel still prayed. He still prayed three times a day. Not once, not twice, but three times a lady. He kept doing it. Kept opening up. He said, I'm not going to be accommodating. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to try to be somebody else so that I won't get into any trouble. You know, know, here's the thing. This is a Pentecostal church. And it's almost like we start to live our lives to put out friars rather than start them. I'm not a firefighter, I'm a fire starter. Oh, three people with me. Great. (laughs) He lived in such a way that he was to start a, a testimony of the power of God to all of these people. And his life backed up his witness. And that's what made him powerful. Watch this, Daniel 6.4. Then the princes, the presidents, the princes, sought to find an occasion against Daniel, concerning the kingdom. But they couldn't find an occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault in him. Then they said, these men said, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. In other words, we got to use his own faith against him. And that's what the devil did at the cross. We got to use his own plan against him. And yeah, that worked. Yeah, that worked. Now, the same spirit that is in Christ is in every one of his followers. It spread, didn't it? You understand. And so they're looking at Daniel and they're saying, maybe he'll shrink back now. Maybe he'll stop now. He doesn't, he continues to pray. He continues to seek his God. And we see this change that begins to happen. He is is filled with a boldness and and, and encouragement that most people don't have. Now, the Hebrew word for boldness is chazak. Chazak. It it means, it's also the word for strength. If you you look up the verses in Joshua, where God speaks to Joshua and he says, be strong and courageous, the word strong there is chazak. It's not actually physical strength. It's a spiritual strength. Same word for boldness. Boldness does not come from your flesh. Boldness does not come from your environment. You can't even get boldness from other people around you. The only place you can get boldness is where your spirit communes with God. Jesus said, I am a spirit, and those that want to find me must search for me and worship me in spirit and in truth. Your spirit man right now, listen very carefully, your spirit man right now is bold. Even when, you're, even when your soul, your mind, and your body, and your knees shake, your spirit man is never afraid. You didn't know that. You thought everything that is happening in your life flows from your brain and your body. No, you have a spirit man inside of you that never gets sick you have a spirit man inside of you that never cowers. The problem is, most of us have never been taught to learn to walk in our spirit man. We're walking in our minds, we're walking in our emotions, we're walking in our... You see, what made Daniel so bold is he walked in the spirit. Your spirit man is never defeated by temptation. And Galatians tells us, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts or the desires of the flesh. Amen. Come on, I'm going to give you a few more here, because we need to understand this whole spiritual thing. We need to get it here. Your spirit man always has enough. Your spirit man is never afraid of a bill, or never afraid of a doctor's report. Why? Because Jesus said, he said it in John seven thirty eight. out of your bellies, out of your spirits, shall flow wells of what? Not just water, living water. There is an abundance in your spirit man. Your spirit man never lacks. Amen. Did you know that's in you right now? You say, well, I don't really, I don't know, Pastor. I don't, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't know if I can sense it, Pastor. I don't know. I kind of woke up this morning and my back hurt. My hair's messed up. I walked into the bathroom, looked in the mirror and ugh, scared myself. Didn't feel like even coming here today, but I'm here. That's not your spirit, man. Um, there's, a little, uh, there's a little bit of uh, uh, Latin that I want to teach you. Uh, Nosce ti ipsum. That means know thyself. You've heard that before. But I want to teach you a new Latin phrase. Nosce ti spiritus. Know your spirit. You are so knowledgeable about how you feel. That you don't even know, there's another part of you inside of you that is victorious yeah. and bold yeah. and strong. And I'm trying to teach you to tap into that part of you that cannot be defeated. Yeah. And that's the part that God communes with. That's the part that God brings miracles, not just to you, but through yeah. you, yeah. your spirit man. Yeah. You see, too many messages are about how people think. Yeah, that's where the battle is, but people don't even know they've got a part of themselves that already has victory. I wonder if somebody would give God some praise. Uh, And so then, so then Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he says, God has not given us a spirit, not an emotion. He didn't say emotion, he didn't say a mindset. He didn't say a feeling in the flesh or goosebumps. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but you have also a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Where does a sound mind come from? Not here. God has given you a spirit of a sound mind. You need to learn. So do I. Because I'm confessing things all the time about what I think, about how I feel, but salvation isn't feelings. This thing operates from the spirit part of you. So the power of God, the love of God, and the sound mind comes from a different place that I'm used to operating from. And I need to learn who that guy is and disconnect from the rest of this because that ain't me. You got the wrong guy. You got me mixed up. I'm in the wrong car. It's my spirit that's bold. And that's where God brings boldness to. And that's what Daniel had. He had a lion heart. And that's why the lions couldn't eat him. You You know, lions respond to the smell of fear. Even in the animal kingdom, they understand that fear is destructive. And that a person's own fear will destroy them. And I want to teach you something here. If you choose to live your life out of fear you will never see the great miracles of God because you'll always be in a place running from them. Because in the same place there are giants, there are grapes. In the same place there are blessings, there's resistance. You've got to learn that your God brought you there on purpose because it's a setup to give you victory again. But only your spirit man will understand that. Your brain will go, this doesn't make sense. Come on, Sister Mary Elephant. Teach something else. How did Daniel have the Spirit? Watch this. Just a couple more, and then we'll go. Daniel 6. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes. The Bible says because then... Anybody there? 6-3? Because of what? An excellent what? Not mind. He, he, an ex, he was... an. He had an excellent form. He was so good looking. Not flesh. You know, it, it, it amazes me of the time we live in. The Bible even says don't, don't know anybody after the flesh, but after the spirit. I'm supposed to know your spirit, not your flesh. I don't care about your flesh, your mind or whatever. You know, how, you, how do you feel? That all these emotions that run through. Listen, listen, that we're so caught up in our own image that we forget to reflect His image. And here's how we do it. We get on Facebook, and we make up these little, crazy, no, I'm going to get you. You know that ain't you on Facebook. And it ain't me either. Don't be hating. I even looked, at my, I even looked at, at my social media account the other day. That was me 15 years ago. I had more hair, I wasn't paunch. I'm all tan, I look like, hey, that ain't me, you, you know what I'm saying? Then we start posting things, and we start putting things together, and we put pictures up, we got some friends, that are not here, so don't get mad, we got some friends from our last church, every single week they put a picture up, look at, look at that, and I just want to go, eh, you know, I don't see any more of those, I don't want to see your mug, just me, Oh, you're just so, you're a bunch of saints, man. We have these images that we like to portray to everybody that aren't true. It's not you. It's not you. And then when a a crisis or a calamity comes, the true character comes out, and it's not the image on Facebook. It's not the person in social media. See, we all wear masks. Just like superheroes, you know? You never knew this about superheroes? All right, we'll get to superheroes in a minute. How about, how about wrestlers? Anybody watch wrestling growing up? Sometimes I wonder if this is a church that is cultured or not. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite wrestlers were the ones that wore masks. And you know why? They were the villains. They'd always have a mask on. And so I couldn't wait until like Moose Chalock or or Dick the Bruiser or whatever, would take, uh, take one of those folding chairs and beat it over his head? and it, Who? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Hulk Hogan's one. He went bad too, though, brother, there at the end. And they beat that guy down, and then they get on his back, and they try to take that mask off. And boy, I'll tell you what, I'd be eating cheeseburgers with my dad, and I couldn't wait, because I wanted to see, you know, the, the, the best moment ever was when they tore that mask off, that wrestler. We get to see who he really is. And you'd tear the mask off, and you'd see this face. and be like, thought you were better than that. It was just an image. And then you get into this DC Comics, and you, and, and you get into, what's the other one, brother? Marvel. Yeah, I, got, I got a youth pastor that's a Marvel geek. He loves it. His whole office is Marvel stuff. Anyway, you get DC. I'm going to go DC Comic. You You see all these superheroes. What do they do? They're just normal people like you and I until the mask comes on. And then, dun-dun-dun, you know. But there's one that's different, Superman. You see, Superman is Superman. And the mask is really Clark Kent, not the normal person. He is through and through who he is. You ever look up his name, Kal-El? Did you know it's Hebrew? El is God. Kal is voice, voice of God. Somebody did their homework. And then I think of Jesus, how he's the original superhero who comes to this earth and wears no mask. He has nothing to hide. He is who he is. From the inside out, he is righteous, and therefore he's bold. You ever wonder why he could say the things that he could say? Because from the the inside, look like the outside. And this is why some things don't work in your life, because your outside don't look like your inside. And if you'll let God change the inside, I don't care what's going on on the outside. You'll go through it and win. But it's got to start in here. Private victories precede public ones. Your heart is manifesting life around you. Sometimes life and and what you see is just a manifestation of your own heart. It's like looking in the mirror every day. And so Daniel's heart, he had an excellent spirit That was the point. And because he continued to pray and know his God, that's what changed his spirit. Ever get around somebody and just start to talk like they talk? What I love about, you know what I love about Ohio? I'm back in the pop state. (laughs) Pastor these churches where they say soda, and I'm like, ah! And I mean, be mean about it. Really mean about it. Can't you say, we don't call it pop around here. We call it soda. We don't call it by the noise it makes. Would you call a toilet a flush? <laughs> and I'm like, I want to choke you. It's pop. Are you okay? Are you, are you all right? Some of you are looking at me like, <gasps> maybe you say soda. We could be friends. We be friends. But I like pop. But I get around people, and I start to talk like they talk. And I start to act like they act. I used to pastor this church, they used to say, of a day, about everything. Anybody say, of a day? No, because we're in Ohio. Come on, amen. <laughs> They'd say, of a day, and it'd be three days they were talking about. Which day are you talking about? Of a day. That's crazy. But you get around a certain culture, you know. Hey, give me an example. Give me, I, I don't mean to embarrass your sister, but give me an example how they how they talk in New Jersey. What do they say? What do they say? Like what? Or do you? What? Water? Yeah. yeah water? Coffee? <laughs> Can you do it? Yeah. 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 Did you say yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so get a load of this. Get a load. No, you got to stay with me. We we did their we did their wedding the other day. It was probably the best time we've had in a long time. Really good food too. And uh, my 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 sweet sister's family all comes down, and they're all from Jersey, and they're all saying yeah, yeah. So we'd go home, and we're, we're like, she, Sarah goes, hey, you got to use the bathroom first. And I'm like, yeah. You know, can you just start? <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? I love you guys. I'm sorry. But you get around people, and you start talking like them. Daniel had spent so much time with the Spirit of God that he started acting like them. And he started becoming bold like them. And it changed his spirit to an excellent spirit. And then he was a lion on the inside, so he got lion results on the outside. That's why he was able to go into the lion's den, and those lions go, I ain't, I ain't getting near you, dude. You, you know, you, 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 uh, you, you're glowing. You, you got something. You got something. And, and, and we're more afraid of what's in you, because greater is what is in you than is in the world. So I love at the end of the story, you, you, you know how it ends, uh, they, they, they come and they see that he's alive, they come back the next day, they see that he's alive, and, and, and I'll give you a story, and then I'll just give you one last verse of the scripture, and, and, and I promise we're done. But uh, they, they come up and they say, hey Daniel, are you alive? Are you, are you, are you okay? And he's like, oh, oh oh great king, live forever. You know, he never lost his respect, you know, he never got, he never got all prideful about it, he never said, yeah... I, I killed all three of these lions and I'm eating them right now. You know, he didn't get all like all uppity about it. He's like, oh, king, live forever. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm alive. And, 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 and so Darius now knows who God is. Probably gets converted. The people around him get converted. But you know what happens to the other people, the magistrates and the, and the, and the presidents and all the leaders and stuff. They get thrown in. You remember that? But you, you didn't hear that on the flannel graph, did you? When they taught you that and Sunday, they left out the fact that the other people got put, and they got ate. Well, or they left that out, because it's kids, you know. It's kids. But, but, but can I, before you start thinking that God's not a good God, you know, they could have they said, wait a minute, we repent. Wait a minute, your God is the true God, and we did wrong, and we weren't right. They could have confessed the truth and been bold enough to say we were out of line. And we believe in your God now. And maybe they would have went into the lion's den and had the same result. Amen. Now, you never thought about that one, did you? Get to know us. God's dropping revelation, man. But they didn't. You see, their mouths were closed so that when they went into the lion's den, they were open. And what came out of their hearts was the truth about their life. You understand? And then you'll understand what Jesus meant when he taught this. Jesus taught this. He said, said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then his disciple, John, later wrote a letter. He says, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence. We have boldness before God. And we receive from him anything we ask, even a survival of a lion's den, okay? Because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. Because it comes from our hearts. So, I'll give you a real life example. Real life example. There's a guy by the name of Norman Williams. He wrote a book called Terror at Tenerife. You ever heard of this book? Man, write this down. Google it. It's a cool book. It's awesome. Mark Batterson recommends it. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Terror at Tenerife. True story. Two 747s collide in the Canary Islands right there on the tarmac. He happens to be in the plane that's getting ready to take off while another plane is landing. And the plane that's in the air and is landing crashes into the plane that's on the ground that he's in. He literally in the book explains how the landing gear from the plane above him tears through the fuselage of the plane that he's in and dumps all of its fuel into that plane. There is a horrible fire. He uses descriptions in the book. There's some kids in here. I'm not going to go into it. All he says is this: He said before his eyes, some people went turned to skeletons. That fast. And he began to. He explains in the book how all different types of people, when they came on the plane, they had they had a they acted a certain way, like you know they had it all together, you know, kind of like how we walk into church, even though we beat the tar out of each other on the way to church. We get in the door we go, hey, how you doing? God bless you. And all the way to church, it's like you're, you're throwing your, both your arms out of socket, beating on people. Nah. Yeah, I know you don't do that. Yeah, whatever. He said these people would come through and they'd sit in their seats and they would be one way, but now that they're in the middle of this terrorist moment, what's coming out of their mouth is something else. And the book... It, obviously he survived because he wrote the book. He, he, the book says that he's able to get up, he sees a fireball coming right at him, and it doesn't touch him. He's able to walk off that plane. Only, only a handful of people survive out of 500. The rest are instantly killed. And the whole entire time, as he's going through all of this fire and all of this mess, you've got to check this guy out, it's a cool book. All of this stuff that's going on, he's saying, I'm praising my God. Glory be to God. Now, 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 that sounds crazy, unless you've spent so much time with God that what you're going through isn't as bold as you. You see, if you and I would learn to see what really changes out here and really spend that kind of God, time with God, that, the Bible says Daniel prayed three times a day. The Bible says of, of David, that he worshiped the Lord seven times a day. And he even even lists that in the Psalms. Could you imagine if you took time out seven times a day to worship the Lord? And then once a bear comes up, is that a problem? Once a lion comes up, is that going to be a problem? Goliath, I've already been through a lion and a bear. You're going down too. And all your brothers and all the other giants. You know why? Because I spend so much time with God that my heart is his heart. And my Bible says he's a lion. The tribe of Judah so I become like I, who I hang out with. And the truth is, character is only revealed in crisis. Who you really are comes out when things are the worst, not the best. But you can be prepared to survive even the worst that the devil has ever thrown at you. And be victorious if you'll just get to know the boldness of our God. Would you stand with me in prayer? You know, we prayed at the beginning of this message. We prayed at the beginning of the service. Worship team did an awesome job, and we prayed for many of you, but I wonder if you're still here today, if there's just something that seems like it's insurmountable. Maybe there's something that looks like there's just... It looks impossible. It seems like there is no way. It's a terror at Tenerife in your own heart, in your own life. Maybe it's a child or your home. Maybe it's a job situation. And it looks like everything's a mess or a wreck. It looks like a plane crash. I wonder if today that you just join hands, perhaps with a brother or a sister next to you. Would you do that right now? And would you just begin to pray for boldness? Don't tell God how big the problem is. Tell God you believe Him. Ask for God to give you His Spirit.